Hello, everybody. Hello. Sure, I can't finish the term in charge. Um, Varnell the Beatneck here with another edition of Black Dad the Podcast. Here with a special, special person with me. Um, If you don't mind, would you introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Effie. Effie Green Peoples. And um, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Best location in the nation. Amen. Besides that, I'm the well, the fifth oldest of twelve with sisters and brothers. Um, I'm the grandmother to William, Ronnie the uh, the second, and I'm the mother to William the first. Grandmother to Delilia, uh, Jasmine, great granddaughter, and Dakota. And say, and my daughter Faye, who's married to William, my son. There we go. Glad to have you today, Mama. I'm glad to be here. Just so you all know, um, this is my grandma, um, and I had to take this time to do a Black Dad podcast with her because um, I feel like she has a lot of wisdom and knowledge to help me and us um, as we continue on our journeys. Of parenting. Um, so we're going to start out like I always start out with negative adjectives. Um, my negative adjective is going to be the same as always um, being the jerk. Sometimes me and my child can be inconsiderate of other people's feelings and get stuck on our own. Um, for you, Mama, what's yours? I would say being um, with consistent. In um, in what uh, I decide to do, um, I think that, um, and that's a good thing. Some people think that um, I'm too structured, but because I'm very structured, but I'm also very flexible. Uh, When I say flexible, uh, I can make the adjustment when need to be, but yet at the same time, because of the type of work that I have done throughout my life, it requires that I have some structure. Uh, I think my grandson think that um, well, I'm real structured, very pointed, but yet he said I'm a loving grandmother, kind, passion, firm, along with some discipline. Sounds fair. Sounds very, very fair. Uh, Let's go ahead with some questions. You ready? Sure. What do you see as the greatest difference between parenting when you were parenting, parenting when your parents were parenting, and parenting today? One of the things that I think um, that is really important, but yet it can be a distraction, is coming um delivering with two parents then with me being a single parent but i draw a lot of my um insight from from my mother who um was she was a soft-spoken yet she was a um a consistent mom love all her 12 children 
Some said that she spoiled me, but uh, I think that she was real tender-hearted and kind to all of her children. Uh, she knew exactly what each one needed. I think when I was raising my son, one of the We'll um, be right back. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is John Bailey. Hello, John. As a single parent, uh, I find that there was time that when I had to go to work, that I would leave my son with my mom. Uh, he didn't have a babysitter. I mean, he didn't go to daycare. He stayed home with my mom. And uh, I always worked up from like 8 to 3. And I start off in a um, working at a hospital, you know, in a hospital, um, in a dietary department. Uh, I said putting food on trays and where, you know, back in that days in the 60s, the food went up on the elevator, uh, a conveyor belt, and I just placed food on it. But one of the things I find where my strength comes from also is that I refuse to be on the margin. What do I mean by being on the margin? They will always say refer to uh, the staff by first name, but supervisors, we had referred to them by their last name. It had to be, I say, Mr. or Mrs. And I said, well, shoot, my name tags said Miss Green, so that's why I wanted the folks to call me Miss Green. Well, of course, you know, I got in trouble for that, but nevertheless, we was able to to develop a union from that, that from that day forward, they had to refer to all of us by, you know, put a handle on our name. Uh, but I would always run home when I got off the bus to go home to check on my baby. Uh, I was real, real careful and cautious in raising him. I remember once when um, I went to the store with my mom and my sister, mm -hmm. and um, and your dad got lost. We was in what we call, you know, a thrift shop. I don't know what they call them today, but uh, we called them the Goodwill back then. But you guys called them the, uh, uh, I guess, the thrift shop. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, Mom, where is Warnell? I thought he was with you. I saw my sister-in-law, Jean, where is Warnell? I thought she, uh, he was with Mother Green and I, and I just had a fit then. And my baby sister, Patricia, she was, Effie, don't get, don't panic, don't panic. And all I remember was throwing my purse and everything away, screaming. And, and my the youngest sister ran down the streets to the drugstore. And there he was. He had walked three blocks. When we got there, the man said, um, I knew he didn't belong in this neighborhood because the way he was dressed. And from that day forward, for at least I was said for up until he was five or six, I mean, I just wouldn't let him go anywhere without me or without a responsible, I mean, really a responsible person. Uh, and so I think, you know, and that was a learning experience for me that, you know, you have to make sure that there were trustworthy people, not to say that my mom wasn't, but Jean wasn't, my sister, but it was just the idea of us being in a store and him being two years old and, you know, kids, when they chew, they all over the place. Um, and so I learned, you know, you know, my lesson from that, even with my grandchildren, when they came along, the Lydia and Barnell, we would go in the store, I would tell them, listen, don't be hiding under no coat racks and running through the store. I had to hold. That's Jenna calling back. Okay, Jenna.
okay, uh, Corex, or even in the stores, I would tell them, you know, hold on to me, and uh, hold on to each other, and I was just real protective of them, even to the point when we would travel in my car, uh, I didn't need nobody to help me get them in and out the car, because I was the only helper that they need, uh, even at church, uh, you know, people say, oh, I can hold one of them for you, I said, no, I'll hold one on each lap, and so, and that was some of the things that I really, really enjoyed doing, you know, with my grandbabies. Of course, my son often said that I let them, got, you know, get by with, you know, with anything, and uh, he couldn't get by with them. I said, well, your grandmother, mom, always let you have your way, so what is the difference? And you know what? I'm glad you said that, because this is where we're going to spend a lot of the time, I believe. Um, in those words, my dad said, when I was... A child, I didn't see it that way. When I'm an adult watching your child <laughs> treat my child get away with anything she wants, pretty much. And then the second I decide to, I don't know if parent is the term or discipline. Discipline is the term. When I decide to discipline, there seems to be a... Uh, Change, if you will. Well, let me tell you this. Go ahead. One of the things I could not do mm -hmm. with my mom around, I could not even, you know, you know, you know, discipline your father. Really? Uh, because she was said that he's a good kid, and he, you know, he's not doing anything wrong. He's just being a kid. Well, what things he would do? I said, well, mom, he's doing this and that. She said, I'm telling you, I don't want you whipping him. And I would get so angry with myself when, when, when she would tell me that. Well, then I had to stop and think later when she done raised 12 of us. And the only time we got a whipping was when we didn't uh, come home on time or, you know, we got a switch or something like that. But we didn't get a lot of whipping coming up. My dad, uh, you, you know, you know, he gave us a lecture. And same thing with my son. I didn't do a lot of whipping with him. I did a lot of the lecturing, and I would tell him, uh, tune me in and tune me out. When you don't want to hear what I'm saying, tune me out. But, uh, uh, you know, I didn't do a lot of whipping the dis I mean, things like that. But, you know, my discipline was more of uh, with talking and, uh, and withholding things, you know, like uh, toys and uh, things of that nature because he wasn't a bad kid. Understandable. Very, very I, I just know your son, um, lately, I've been on the role of disciplining, and now it makes more sense. He wasn't allowed to get disciplined in front of your mom, so now he grows up, and not to say his discipline wasn't warranted, but he wants the same kind of almost memory. Mm-hmm, and I tell you something else about your dad. Uh, see, my older sister Nellie, oh, listen, she would just, you know, anytime I would, would diss with him, she would say, Effie, don't, uh, you know, don't whoop Ronnie. He's a good, you know, he's a good kid. You don't have to worry about him doing this and that. He is a good kid, but he would do some little things, but then, you know, I have to stop and think that he wasn't, you know, uh, altogether, uh, a child that needed discipline. He was obedient kid. And I think that just comes with structure that comes with the way my parents 
raised me and my dad and uh well not my dad was with my older siblings because he said they really needed it but with me he just said that i was you know i was a good girl my mom said you know anything she asked me to do i would just do it and um i guess i just did it but now i did some wrong now but i just didn't get caught but overall they can uh said if you go to the store and come back and i will go to the store and come back I wasn't going to stop down the street playing with this kid and that. I would come back. I got you. Um, where do you stand on corporal punishment? Um, because this is a question I've been wanting to ask on here. I don't believe in corporate punishment. I believe in talking. Um, when I said talk, explain in, in details the reason for pluses and minuses. Uh, you know, I just don't believe in it. I, you know, I don't believe in beating up folks because to me, it's another form of um, of violence. I mean, in school. Oh, for school, yeah. I just believe they need to have a, a room called well, the discipline room. Explain the discipline room to well, the mama. The discipline room will be those kids that really are individuals that need to be disciplined what do i mean by that they need to uh to talk to explain exactly what they're doing and let them look at what they're doing and let them evaluate what the punish you know should say what the outcome should be okay okay where do you stand on the vaccination thing that's going on do you know what i mean by yes that? uh i just think well it's two parts of that. I believe uh, in the spiritual aspect, according to the scripture, that uh, was created by mankind that stated they received with the revelation from the creator. And everything that the creator created is within those boundaries of the law and the rules that govern not only people, but also the country. The social aspect is also involved in that because in the very beginning, uh, God created the world with the universe for everything. And he gave us uh, rules of what need to be done, such as we should uh, replenish the earth, we should be all uh, cultural people, and we also should have a social a component of relationship with people. So that's where I stand with that. What we have in the 21st century is just uh, pure evil. It's a chaotic world. We have uh, individuals that's concerned with greed. They are concerned with me, me, me. And if you don't have it, you have no business being on the earth. You need to, you know, you, 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 uh, otherwise you need to vanish. It's to say back to the have and the have not. So we live in a duality world. What I mean when I say duality, I'm speaking about um, the have and have not, and the dominant race that have the money have with well, a dominant effect over on all of those that do not have it. So oftentimes the poor have to reshift their thinking 
to conform, to adapt with, to the dominant, uh, you know, your uh, population. And that takes a lot of energy. I understand. Here's where... Does that answer your question, yes. William? Well, it's it's not about answering my question. It's about answering gay questions. Okay. I want your input on what you think. Um, and I know this is one that you're going to have a good time with. Um, kids and screen time. Um, I know back when you were around, you didn't have tablets and smartphones and all this. No, we had chalk in the we had chalk in the sidewalk. You had chalk in the sidewalk. And Could the sidewalk. you all draw an iPhone? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the sidewalk, we played hopscotch on. You know, we wrote numbers and we drew, uh, you know, pictures and things like that. No, we didn't have iPhone. We didn't even uh, have typewriting back then. We just had radio. I have to admit, I can't remember when we got our first TV, but I know I had to be under 10 when we had our TV because when I was going to elementary school, we would come home and my mom would be watching the soap operas. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, um, what do you think of today's parenting? The reason why, and I love to bring this up, I told someone the other day, I could not have made it in another parenting era for real when I really, really had to talk to my child. Like, I still talk to my child today. Uh, I love talking to her. But these TVs are so smart, they have microphones on them so that she can control what she watches. And I can be in the same room. And let's say I want to take a nap. I can take a nap. And she can watch what she wants to watch without even bothering me. What do you think of things like that? I just, I think we just have too much. We don't have time out for our children. And when I say time out, when I say time out, well, when I was coming up, we only had one television, mm -hmm. and everyone had to sit in, you know, in the room and engage. Today, we have a TV in every room, and everyone go to their own room and watch what they want to watch. Mm -hmm. I think that there should be a, a time period during the day where the family, if they're able, to sit and watch, say, a movie together, I say a movie television, and have dialogue. One of the things that my dad used to do, uh, we used to sit around the table and have dinner. And dad would ask, okay, what did you do today? And what did, you know, whatever. And he studied us and he could tell how our day went by the way we responded to him. And of course with me, uh, he would get to me and since I started so badly, uh, it would take a while for them to understand what I was saying. And my sisters and brother would get so irritated and, uh, and my dad would look at them and tell them, wait a minute, just give Effie a little more time. She'll be finished before it's, you know, everything is done. Because they couldn't go out and play or do anything until I finished answering my dad's question. Mm -hmm. And they would get irritated with that. And this um... Plus, they said I told everything. <laughs> yeah. Which you might have. 
And I probably I believe would, you might have. Yeah, yeah so, so I would tell everything. That, and I guess that's the reason my dad would leave me last to speak or in between. Well, after how was your day? And I said, well, well, dad, uh, 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 it was okay. But uh, Ace and Nelly did this to me or they was down the streets cussing. And, and that's how dad would get, you know, any information he needed to know about. Just on. ask you, and you drop. Oh, yeah. uh-huh, you yeah. drop all the jewels on. Them. Oh yeah, oh yes. <laughs> then when I got older, you know, maybe like fifteen and sixteen. They said, you know, they couldn't get nothing out of me. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> That's real. Um, question. Um, I know not anymore, but at one point. Did you ever think of giving me any uncles or aunties besides my dad? You know what? Well, since I was single, I never would want to have any more children not be married because coming up at that time, uh, it was a stigma, you know, to, to be single and not married. Right. And then once I did get married, uh, I tried to have, you know, children. I had one miscarriage. And but but then that was about that time when see, my husband decided he no longer wanted to be married. So I packed up your uh, you know my son your dad, mm -hmm. and we went on back to Cleveland. We moved back to Cleveland, uh, and uh, I just never had any more children. Um, I decided to go back to school, and uh, I wasn't just, just to say the type of girl that wanted to sleep around with a lot of fellas. I, I just didn't do that. But what I I mean I would have loved to have more children, you know, but God gave me what I have and I'm thankful for that. I understand. Uh I had a question. I'm gonna go back to these list of questions I go to to mine's comes back. Um on the whole technology kick, um if you would have had cell phones back then, what age would my dad have gotten the cell phone? He probably wouldn't have got one until he was about. I really can't answer that, but I do know okay. that uh, uh, he was, um, when I say a latch kid, 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 he would always go to school with a key wrapped around his neck, but was tucked in his shirt. And my oldest sister, Nell, she lived upstairs, so I didn't have to worry about him coming home, being unsafe, because I would get home from work like at 3 o'clock. But if he had any problems at school, uh, you know, the teacher would send a note, which I hardly ever got any of those, but I would always go up to school to check and see how he was doing. Had neighbors that looked out for him. So as far as a cell phone, I don't think they, you know, he would have had one in, um, in elementary school, and I said elementary on time, uh, say from sixth grade, I mean, from first grade to sixth grade. He might have got one maybe in senior high from seventh to the ninth grade, maybe. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that back in that time, we know that's when the kids began to steal kids' shoes and kill them for their coats and things like that. And I kept him in like, you know, traditional coats and things as a, you know, as a form of protection. I have a question, but I want to ask you, do you remember a story? And if you do, um, I want you to tell it and then I'm going to ask my question. Okay. Uh, I can remember he was in 
We had just got back from North Carolina. Hold on, different different story. You ready? Do you do you remember the story of when my dad said I'm the best dressed? Oh yes, I want, yes. I want that story. You want that story? Yes. Uh, William was in. Ronnie was in the maybe the third or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And he came home one day. He said, "Mama, I'm the best dressed kid in the school." I said, "What?" Yeah, they said I'm the best clean cut. Well, at that time when I would go to the store, I would always find things on sale, and I saw how he was so proud of that. But yet, uh, not Erica, but you know, I'm clean. I'm like, wait a minute, I got to switch this around. So what I started doing is, well, I would buy him maybe five shirts. And two pairs of slats, so he would have to change his shirts, but he had to wear the same pants. I began to pull back on a lot of that because I didn't want him to have that stuck in his mind that he had to be the dress, you know, the best dressed person. I just, I just enjoy hearing that story as a child. Once again, hearing different ways of parenting or disciplining without whipping. Mm-hmm. You know, because I try to outwit, if you will, Jazz. I try to, if she does something, I don't want to automatically go to whipping her as much as I want to go to outthinking her and making her think about what she does and how it affects her. So. Well, one thing you have to keep in mind is uh, I knew my dad was my father and my mom. And I was the child. I knew there is a way that they can use a tone of voice or just look to make correction. And that's the way uh, I do now, you know. Uh, even with my grandchildren, great-grand, well, what did your parents ask you to do? And even working with um, juvenile, you know, I go to the juvenile detention center. And sometimes we'd be talking in, you know, the... And those kids there, they're rude and disrespectful. And I can be talking, and they'll, you know, try to talk over me, and I'll just shut down. And when they think it's, it's quiet, and everybody's looking at everybody, and then when they look at me, I say, I, you know, I'd like to thank you for, uh, you know, giving me my time. And then I set the, the rules when I'm talking. I, you, know, I, you know, I ask that you be respectful and let me finish my sentence. There was a thing on Facebook that caused a lot of stir. And I'm going to ask you your opinion on it. Um, And then I heard an old school black woman uh, break her logic down. So I'm going to give you what Facebook question was. Then I'm going to give you what the black woman, old black woman response was. And I want your opinion on what the black woman said. Um, The Facebook question was, ladies, who do you feed first? Your child or your husband? The black woman said, I feed my husband first. Um, The reason why is because he's the head of the house. Um. Uh, I fits his plate. Fits his plate was the terminology. I fits his plate first um, because when he comes home, he's been at work all day. Not to say the kids are lesser, um, but we can make more of the kids. (laughs) I can't make more of him. Um, And with that, he deserves that um, um, 
respect, I guess, should be the term um, for doing what he does and coming home and getting, um, quote, unquote, the big piece of chicken. Okay. Well, coming up, my mom, <laughs> well, you know, we didn't have that problem in our household. My daddy worked at the packing house, and he would always bring the meat, and my mom bought all the vegetables. But they would buy a lot of the food, whatever. And But we knew that lunchtime was at 12. Dad is at work. Dinner was like at 4 or 5. We got snacks in between, like graham crackers and milk and something like that. And with dinner time, all the food was ready, and we just ate. Um, even, even though my dad was a minister also, like on Sunday, he would invite preachers and folks from the, you know, from the church and community would come by and eat. But my, my, my mom, her kids ate first. And we didn't have to wait until daddy came home. Dad got home, you know, dad may not get home with something even to maybe six or seven o'clock because he done stopped by passing so-and-so house. Honey, my mama would feed her children. Now, on that stand, I would feed my son before I would feed myself. I just come from that school. And I think a lot of that has to do uh, with uh, our ancestry, which is something that's passed down through, you know, down through the history that the man is the head of the household, therefore you take care of him first. But uh, I just think that, uh, you know, it depends on what, you know, people beliefs and, you know, what their values are. Question, do you think switches should come back? Switches? Well, the way these trees, <laughs> the way they're cutting down everything, I think, do you, do I really think switches should come back? Do you think there should be a, and I, I'm glad I have you here. Can you please tell me, because I got into argument with one of them. Okay. Not, not one of us, one okay. of them, over where the switch is. Can you please define for us what a switch is, please, one good a time. A switch is a, is a piece of a branch. <laughs> off of a tree, outside. Of, with, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Say it's a say it's a say a piece of a branch has come from a weed that grows around the house. It doesn't come from the tree. Either way, I'm right. It comes from a you know almost like a bush, and you just peel the little leaves off, and you plant two or three together. They're real thin, and you plant them. I mean, you plant them like you braid hair. You braid it, and that's what they would use. And they will swoop your legs with that. Now, just so you know, the person who I was talking to, the unextension cord was the switch. I said, that's not a switch. No, that's, that's an extension cord. <laughs> yeah, the extension cord is totally different from uh, a switch. I say a switch. A switch. They thought anything that a child got beat with was a switch. And I'm like, no, a switch is something you bring from outside. And I knew you had to braid it. I ain't never been beat with one, but I knew you had to braid it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not a switch. Well, you don't have to braid it because you can get a thick switch or you can get some real thin ones. But the thinner that they are, the more you have to braid it. <laughs> and that braid sounds like when it hits you, it's about to yes. be bad. Uh, so now back to my question. Do you think switches should come back? This sounds like the hardest question I've asked you, you so far. You know what? 
I don't know because I because I can't recall whooping my son with the switch. And like I said, I don't recall even using you know a belt often on him. Now he might remember, but like my sister was said that uh my older sister Nella would say, Oh, you think he's perfect and you know, you know, he he ain't gonna do this and that. But then as my sister got um more older and as they grew up, she would often say she said, I wish you had helped me raise my Hank and Charles the way you raised Barnett and maybe they turn out to be better kids, you know. What are your values as parents? Love your children. When I say love, sh show compassion. Be kind-hearted. Even if you become angry with them when they do something, but you have to keep that in check. So because you're going to become well, abusive or mean, you know, mean spirit. Um, I believe in... Uh, you know, that's all you have is your children. When I say, what I mean, I say that's all you have is that set example. You have to model things for them. Give them, you know, memorable, uh, 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 the memories so they can uh, hold on to those things because when they're young, you know, it make an impression for them. I think the value is... Create your children, allow your children to be as creative as they can be based on their own creativity and not my creativity. Okay. What are some of the things you liked from your parents' parenting? Maybe uh, spending a lot of time with my son traveling when he was younger, exposing him to a lot of all his like, you know, the majority of his aunts and uncles on both sides of the, uh, so my parents' side, because I didn't know too many of his father's side because they wouldn't have any dealing with me, you know, once because I was single. Um, what else? Um, we just exposed him to the uh, Christian principles, um, you know, going to the park, going skating, riding the bikes. I wish I had done more of those things, but as a single parent and going to work, uh, when he was like five or six, I had to work, but I tried to spend quality time on the weekend with him, you know, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, going to church, um, which we had a lot of fun activities, though, at church, you know, so he got a combination of the social world. In the you know in the spiritual uh, environment. Okay. What are some things you didn't like about your parents' parenting? I didn't like mm -hmm. having to leave my child at home uh, while I went to work. Um, being a single parent, but I just didn't like to want to have a lot of men. You know, you know, you know, you know different men around here. Uh, you know, you know. I wish I had a remarry somebody with some sense maybe but I guess I was well off as I was so it didn't make no difference because I can take care of him you know mm. and provide and I can provide for him how often did you catch yourself saying things your parents said <laughs> because I found I find myself a lot doing one thing my dad does which is the name game I can't remember my child's name for anything. So like, I'll say Lydia. Uh, 
uh, uh, Faye, uh, George, Jasmine, whatever your name is, come here, oh, Dakota. Yes. What's what's uh, what what do you catch? What did you catch yourself doing that your parents did a lot? Well, I only had one child, so I can't be so sorry. <laughs> well, he can't re- he can't remember my name, and we got the same name, so I just want that on record. Yeah, because got a lot of stuff on his mind. But say, my dad used to. Oh, uh, boy, boy, come here, boy. Yeah, yeah. the same name. Yeah, my dad, he would do stuff like Nellie Claire. Well, you know, he'd be looking at you, naming one. Well, you know, I'm talking to you because I'm looking at you. Yeah. He's like that. But, um,. Things I catch myself doing is, you know what? I have, I say, that strong personality like my dad. But he said that his mom was had a strong personality too. My mom was real laid back, sweet, but she was firm. Uh, I guess what all I can say is. You know, that consistency is so important. Or one thing I can say when he was doing, uh, I was getting angry with him or something. I was about listen, I know what I'm saying, and I don't need you to correct me. But that's a rarity that I do that. What do you think of bullying? Bullying? Um, bullying. The reason why is because... Um, I feel like this is where me and the mother of my child are going to have a lot of arguments because your son taught me, you know, just just fight back. And that's what I want to teach Jazz. You know what? Someone says something, uh, says something, fight back with your words. Once again, I said, teacher, you're, you're agreeing. You're a master of words. So you'll be able to mass manipulate to tear people to holes. Um, but... What do you think of bullying and how should bullying be handled? Well, I told your uh, dad and I told your sister, and I mean, I think I've told you guys too, keep your hands to yourself. If someone put their hands on you, you try to beat the hell out of them. Uh, Till you give them heaven. You can give them heaven. No, beat uh, the hell out of them until you give them heaven. Oh, Yeah. And uh, I remember once uh, he said this little girl kept picking at him in the school because she liked him. And, uh, and I was just tell you know, just tell you, know, y'all need to keep your hands to yourself. And my mama told me, you know, I'm not to hit a girl. And I was saying, you know, go to the teacher. If the teacher don't do anything, then, you know, uh, then, you know, you know, you, you know, I want you to defend yourself. Then come and let me know what has happened. Then I can take it from there. But if it's a teacher that's doing it, I always said, well, you need to say to the teacher, well, you need to call my mother. Understandable. My mom would handle that. And then then, then if the teacher didn't hear you, then you could, you know, go to the principal and say, okay, you need to call my mom. And just go in the office and sit and wait until the the principal come. If they ignore you, then when you come home, you tell me then, uh, you know, what has happened, you know. Of course, tell me the truth, everything, and then I go and handle what needs to be handled. Tell me about um, my dad's friendships growing up, and He's how what? friendships, and how you um, not. I I I know this isn't the right word, control, but how you develop them. The way I did, I would let him. Well, he knew what the value words and what the house rules were. 
So there was no giving. Other, but I needed to meet his friends. If he was going out, I want to meet him. Okay. And uh, and the, the ones you leave with, you come back with. I can tell if he pick up a new friend because of his attitude, his behavior, and all of that. So I was, you know, I studied my uh, my son, so I knew I was on top of a lot of that. Uh, say for the 21st century, it would be the same way. I wouldn't change any of that. And I would tell him, I don't like this one for these reasons. Or I may say that they're they not good company. Well, Mama, you just know, but I'm telling you, they are not good company. Because I would study their attitudes and their ways and behavior. Then I would want to meet their friends, have contact, I mean, not friends, their parents. Question, do you believe in ADHD? I believe that there's a possibility that some children are ADHD because of chemical imbalance. When I, what I mean when I say chemical imbalance, there can be any additives they, because they put a lot of that in the food now. Uh, also deals with uh, alcohol, <coughs> any type of mind-altering chemicals. Uh, according to studies, and then it don't have to be, and it could be a fourth or a fifth generation. Uh, I believe when they say hyperactive, that means you have to watch their diet, and you have to know, as uh, Kenny Rogers says, you got to know when to hold them. Kenny, whatever his name is, you know Kenny. when to hold them, when to fold them, when to let go. Mm -hmm. That song. Uh, uh. Two questions in one. Wait a minute. Let me go, go back ahead. and say something else about the ADHD. I don't believe in the labeling. Okay. Those are labels. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Two-part question for my next one wrapped up in one. Um, what age did you let go of the rings? And I know you haven't fully let go, even though my dad... How old is my dad? He's 55. 55. I know you haven't fully let go. But what age did you start letting go of the rings? I was, what, was 16. What age did you um, um, let go to the extent where you say, you know what, you really a grown man, you do whatever you want to do? I think... Um, well, for one thing, when I say 16 or even before, but the environment that and the friends and the people he was hanging with, I had no problems in, you know, in that because uh, the folks that he, he hanged with and the folks that he surrounded himself with, they knew my values and standards. And they knew that I had high expectations, lots of high expectations. And I trusted him. Uh, I mean, I remember when I had to go to a conference, he was just turning 16 or 17. No, he was 17. And I was gone for a week. I had to leave him at the house because, I had, because my job was sending me to a conference. But my sister, you know, I had the neighbors downstairs mm -hmm. and the neighbor next door to me. They was really was supported. And they looked after him, you know, when he would come in, things of that nature. Of course, they let him get by with some stuff, too, you know, right. that I wouldn't. But, uh, you know, that then when he became older and once he started pastoring, I became somewhat, um, I would say, real guarded. 
because I, I have watched what can happen when young preachers starts out and how everybody don't have your best interest. Because your you know your dad was a you know a good looking guy they said and he was bright and intelligent and sometimes people would take your kindness you know for, for your weakness. weakness and so I really had a thing over there I was real real cautious around church folks of course and you know I understand yeah that. with that and uh, and say another thing that I uh, one of my positive but it could be perceived as a negative is that I didn't believe in a lot of uh, the oh this is my uncle you know these pseudos parents that comes along and raising children I didn't believe in that do you believe in allowance such as paying child to do chores believe in what <laughs> allowance Oh no. no 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 no! There are some uh, you know there are some boundaries <laughs> there about having chores, and the chores come with being a part of the family. Now, one of the things I do know when I started working at eighteen seventy eighteen, we would have to give my dad ten dollars a week. Five went to my mom and five went to my dad. And we would keep the rest of it, and we couldn't borrow that five, that ten dollars back. We couldn't, you know, we out of ran short. I need a, a bus ticket. We'll walk. That's real. Uh, what age? Because I'm trying to figure out what age is gonna happen. What age did it start? What age did you realize, what age did you accept it wasn't going to change? And I guess the second question is the same. What what age did you realize and just accept that my child just might be a cusser? A cusser? Well, I didn't have that experience. 48, 48, so you didn't realize that he was 48? Well, you know what? I didn't realize, you know, I guess, I'm not saying I'm blinded to that or in denial to that. Right. But I knew that he, you know, that he was growing in age and all, you know, a lot of kids cuss and whatever. But around me, he didn't do that. And see, I didn't do that around him. And we didn't do that in my home, in my parents' house. Now, his aunt, his oldest aunt who lived upstairs over there, now she was a cusser. Okay. And she makes slips. Oh, F, I'm sorry that I said that. But it's always, I'm sorry, you know, I, you know that's a slip. Mm -hmm. But that never bothered me. But I just, you know, never was a curse with a person. Here and now, then I may say A-S-S-S-H-I-T, you know. That's the one that caught me off guard. Can I can I tell that story? Well, I'm talking shit, shit, shit. Yeah, can I tell that story? Yeah, that was. Listen, one day, I'm in the car with my grandma. I just feel thud. Then I hear shit, 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 shit. I was, was like, I, I ain't never heard my grandma cuss. Hold on, press pause. Kari, are you dying on me? I see your arm messed up. You limping. What? That's probably one of the greatest stories to me that I, that that just threw me off guard because I had no idea. That my grandma cussed. Like, I ain't never heard this church lady come close to a cuss word in my life. 
I came back and told your told your son that story. What he said? <laughs> he just fell out laughing. I said, "I know your mom cuss. What? I know your mom cuss. What are you talking about? We all that she ice shit. Whoa, through me. And you wanna know what? I think probably about a month before is when I have become a serious cusser. So to hear you cuss. Confirmed that everybody cussed. I was thrown. Yeah. Well, your aunt, you know, like I said, you had your, all your aunts and uncles on your, say, on your grandmother's side, maternal side, they, uh, you know, they curse, they curse and curse, you know, but I just never was one. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's true. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're going to wrap up um, because while we took our last break to check on my brother-in-law, um, I heard news of Peach Cobbler in the works, and we have 48 minutes already taped, so I think we did a great job. Um, I want to thank my grandma, um, a big, big thanks to her um, for doing this with me. Um, I think it's going to help more than just me and more than just jazz. Um, I want to thank you. In, in Anything that you would like to say? Just um, be real to yourself. Uh, when you in doubt, when you're parenting your child, take a, a break. Take a break. And just tell her, I need a break right now, and I need for you to take a break. Have a seat for a few minutes. And that works. And what you're doing is you're teaching her uh, uh, how to be patient. Also, it's not taking things for granted. And just ask her, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you listening? Repeat back to me what I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. In a calm voice. Now, what did ask? And let me give you an example of that. My dad, the late Rem B.A. Green, but dad, he will sometimes say, uh, Gail, I want you going to get me a glass of water. And I will take off, or any of us, and we'll bring him the glass of water. He was sad, but I want it in the blue glass. But why didn't you say that? Because you didn't listen to I finished. You just heard me say, get me some water. But I want it in the blue glass. Then you would go and get the water and bring it back in a blue glass. He was sad, but I wanted a little warmer than what it is. He would do things like that. And I would say, well, well, Dad, why would you do that? He said, because I want you to listen until I'm complete with what I'm asking you to do. So that's one of the things that I learned. Okay, are you finished? And he may say, well, are you in a hurry? No, okay, I'll let you know when I'm finished. Just stay there until I finish what, you know, tell me what I want you to do or what I'm asking you to do. I understand. And that's a good thing to do also. I got you. And I find myself, even I'm in a store, and somebody said, uh, you know, they rush me, and I might say, well, no, I'm not finished with uh, what I'm ordering. Because when I'm finished, I'll say thank you. Okay. That's it. Well, 
I might not be your black dad, but I'm Jazz's black dad. This is Black Dad Podcast. Y'all have a great day.